This is Mike Maniscalco, and you're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast. Thank you very much, Mike, and welcome back, folks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Back here, another week, Tracking the Storm. Yeah, I'm Brandon. That's Matt. Um, first off, I, 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 before we even do anything, I do want to apologize. The last couple of weeks, man, have been kind of rough for me and Matt both. Matt's been doing a lot of travel and had a lot of responsibilities going on. I had a death in my family and it's, you know, it's been kind of a weird couple of weeks for me for just a couple personal reasons. I mean, you know, death in the family is obviously hard and it's kind of set off some other shit. Anyway, not asking for sympathy or anything. I just wanted to kind of get that out there. I haven't written an article in since the end of March. I'm just like we way, way out of it. And it's not a great time for that to be the case considering it's, you know, playoff hockey is here. This is like the most exciting time of the year. And your boy's been over here just kind of off the rails. But anyway, that's life for you. Sometimes it'd be like that. We're kicking things back into gear this week. Uh, we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are obviously – Probably by the time you have heard this game, one of the Stanley Cup playoffs will have already happened. I don't know that to be fact, but I do have to work tomorrow, which is Monday, which is game one day. So if I can somehow get it out between now and before puck drop, great. If not, all this stuff will still be pertinent, you know, regardless of how game one goes. Uh, Definitely the Hurricanes are going to be looking to get off on the right foot. We're going to have lots to talk about with that playoff series. But, um, you know, even if they do drop game one, I'm sure the things we say tonight will still have plenty of merit. Hopefully they're not kind of relying on just home games to win this time around. That would be a nice change of pace from last year where there was literally only home wins. But uh, we'll get into some of the important matchups and what we're watching for here in a bit. Um, We also have a ton of minor league stuff to talk about, AHL stuff, college guys signing um, so there's plenty of prospect stuff that we will be getting to later on. Um, a quick update, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll talk plenty about the Wolves later, but they did win their like all important. You have to win game. What is it? 76, I believe, of the AHL schedule. Uh, they had to win 70, 72. I thought it was 72. They shortened the schedule by four games. Oh, uh, OK, OK. Yeah, no, I guess that makes sense then. So. They did win the all-important game, 72, um, but doing a little scoreboard watching right now, it looks like neither of the games, they needed one of Iowa or Rockford, I believe, to lose. And as of right now, both of them have multiple goal leads. So not looking great. They did everything they could. It really is a shame because that was, a you know, the Wolves are a team that has really come on strong of late. And it's crazy they've even put themselves in position to, you know, have a chance at getting in. But um, ultimately, it might all be for not. But again, we're going to talk about more about that later because I think there are still some positives definitely to take away from that and potentially could even have, you know, potentially could impact the Hurricanes in their playoff run. You never know. Uh, but anyway, let's start with that playoff series, Matt. Um, obviously, <laughs> I did a little bit of a preview with the hockey writers uh, just last night. Uh, that will, That is on YouTube if anybody wants to go look at it or you can find it on my Twitter page. Um, if you want to go watch that, I had a, one of the Islanders writers and I were on there just doing a little, you know, back and forth talking about some of the matchups and stuff. And I think one of the biggest conclusions we came to is it probably isn't going to be getting, you know, 10 to 20 minutes a night on ESPN because of highlights and 
a whole bunch of fun stuff, you know, a bunch of high scoring, crazy gameplay going on. I got a feeling this is going to be a little bit of a rock fight. And um, (laughs) you got two pretty abysmal power plays. You got two pretty strong defensive teams and two forward groups that maybe don't have a super dynamic element to them. So, Matt, what are you looking for in this series? And what do the Hurricanes need to do to get off on the right foot? What you've got to do right away in this series is just you've got to get off to an early lead. You have to. If you score in the first five minutes against this Islanders team, you've already put them on their heels. And like when the Canes played them in 2019, you know, that's kind of what the Canes did in a lot of those games. They scored early, you know, they or their relentless attack was just too much for the Islanders to handle. You know, they're not the quickest team. And honestly, it's going to be a tough series because Ilya Sorokin is arguably the best goalie in the league. If he played on a better team, I think, you know, he'd be getting more recognition as one of the best goalies in the league. But um, you've got to beat Sorokin, you know, I, I joke about the Bill Peters, you know, race to three thing, but seriously, like if you can get three on the Islanders, most nights you're going to win. Um, I'm also looking for the Hurricanes to start Ronta. I'm going to be honest. Anderson ain't it. Um, and you, I mean, you take a look at the third goal he allowed in the Florida Panthers game um, as the perfect example of why he shouldn't be the game one starter. This is a guy that has not given us consistent goaltending this year. When he's been on his game, he's been really good. But unfortunately, that has not been the case for most of his starts. Bronta has at least been consistently good for the majority of the season. You know, there was a stretch where he wasn't great and the Kings were just able to outscore their problems. But for the vast majority of the year, he's been the guy. Um, and I think if you can just shut down the Islanders top line, you'll be fine. That's my opinion. Yeah, you, you did touch on a couple of things that we were just talking about last night. You know, you talk about not wanting or wanting to put the Islanders in a position where they're trying to chase the game and play from behind. And on the flip side of that, that's definitely not something the Hurricanes want to do against the Islanders defense and against Ilya Sorokin because they can kind of go into shutdown mode and keep everything to the outside. Hurricanes are willing to shoot from out there you're probably not going to get a whole lot on Sorokin unless you really fight to get to the interior. They have a pretty big physical defense. It's not really easy to do that against. So definitely not something the Hurricanes are going to be looking to do is try to chase games. That's, you know, obviously that's a pretty obvious thing. Nobody ever wants to play from behind, but I think it's especially imperative in a series like this, whichever team gets out to those early leads, they're going to put themselves in a really good position. Um. And yeah, as far as the goaltending thing, it's interesting. And I, Ronta struggled. He he definitely had some pretty big struggles, actually, especially earlier in the year. But as that as the year has gone along, he's definitely been the Hurricanes' best option. You know, Coach Ekov mm-hmm. did have that stretch early in the season where he was playing out of his mind, and you know, we all thought the time was now. Obviously, that kind of went away after he dealt with that injury at the end of December. But I, I think at least to start. If it's not him from game one, Anderson better be on his toes because I think Rod will have a very quick trigger to go to him, worst case. So, you know, or like, you know, at the very least. Yeah, it's a very weird situation where we don't have our starting goalie day one, right? Yeah. Um, I also think that the Kings blue line is going to be 
a massive factor in this series. Um, I mean, we've seen it, right? Brent Burns and Brady Shea obviously had 18 goals in the regular season. Finishers. Yeah. Not even looking at the goals, just looking at the, the way they've played, you know, they've elevated their game this year. And I, I really think that if the Hurricanes have a, an advantage in this series, they're, it's their blue line. Yeah. Um, top to bottom, I'd argue it's one of the best blue lines in the league. You know, I've said this before, but I, I feel like we didn't know and appreciate just how good of a hockey player Brent Burns is because he plays on the West Coast, or he played on the West Coast, right? So, you know, those games are late. We don't usually see them. But Burns is phenomenal. Ageless wonder. He's been, I mean, in the conversation, him and Shea both, to be honest with you, for the Hurricanes MVP this season, I think. And Burns, in terms of impact, should be in the Norris conversation. I know he won't be because a lot of defense. I mean, Eric Carlson obviously hit 100 points. Crazy. But, you know, Burns should absolutely be in the top five on a lot of people's ballots. Yeah, um, and, and I, I do think just because of the way – I, I want to talk about the forward groups here in a second, but just because of the way the Hurricanes offense has been going lately, I think that is going to be one of the key factors in the series. You know, of late, the Hurricanes' blue line scoring has been one of their biggest reasons when they have had success. So mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the big X factors in this series. If they can continue to get that scoring from guys like Burns and Shea, maybe Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci chip in. Shane Goss' bear is going to be important. If they can get that secondary production, which really has been more like primary production of late, I think that definitely gives the Hurricanes a much better chance of pulling this out. I agree. All right, but I do want to talk about the forward groups a little bit because like, <laughs> I feel like because of the way these two teams play, everything else has really been the focus. Like, obviously, when you talk about the Hurricanes, their defense is what comes to mind first. Their goaltending, we've already talked about that. That's going to be a question mark, whereas for the Islanders, it's really not. They definitely That's the one area I think you look at and say, well, the Islanders definitely have an edge there. And that's always a scary thing, right? Because you look, at, you know, in the playoffs, it's all about who gets hot. And a lot of times that story starts with a hot goaltender. And that's one of my big reservations about the Hurricanes going into these playoffs if you look around the Eastern Conference, there are so many goalies that can get hot and just take over. Shesterkin, Sorokin, um, Vasilevsky, Linus Olmark. Like, there's so many elite goaltenders in this conference. And, and it, you know, this is off topic, but another interesting part of that, it's one of the reasons I'm not sure the Devils are made for a deep run right now, especially because they don't have any experience in playoff hockey yet. I think I'm I'm looking at that Rangers Devil series hard. It's going to be real, real interesting. We're not probably going to have too much time to dive into other matchups around the league, which is a shame. But that's going to be a really fun matchup because of the speed and you know talent on both sides. But I don't know, man. My gut's telling me the Rangers are going to win that series. But anyway, um, back to the Hurricanes Isle series. I, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on you know, some of the important matchups here. You talked about that first line. If you can take care, Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell, who just came back from injury, have actually been playing together, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I, I'm curious to see if the Islanders keep that together. Um, what the hell is their coach's name? It's, um, what's the space's? Lambert, right? Lane Lambert, that's the one. <laughs> it took me a second there. But um, I'm curious to see if he keeps Horvat and... um 
Matt Barzell together because I feel like it does make them pretty top heavy. And, you know, against a lot of other teams, you kind of think, well, I don't really, I would like to break them up and spread out the scoring because, you know, they put their, especially on the road, when the Islanders are on the road, they put their top defensive matchup against them, right? But with the Hurricanes, I'm not sure how much that matters because, like, you've got Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns, you've got Brady Shea and um, Brett Pesci, like, you're going to get a tough matchup either way, so does it even matter? I don't know. I, I just think that's one interesting, you know, side story to this series. Um, but if they, if they do end up playing together and the Hurricanes can do a good job of suffocating that duo, I think the Islanders will probably be in some trouble. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's so funny that um, I think it was Dom Lachizan that tweeted, you know, like, Bo Horvat's going to the Islanders only to miss the playoffs. <laughs> and now we're playing the Islanders in the first round. Um, something I think that's a little bit underrated is Alexander Romanov is not playing right now. He's still hurt. Um, so that's obviously a pretty big loss for the Islanders. You know, he was one of their top defenders this year. Um, yeah, I don't have really too much more to say about this series. A, a Canes-Panthers series would have been much more fun because of the uh, just – chaos of florida yeah but at the same time you know the hurricanes needed to win that game because new jersey ended up winning theirs so um should we should we bring up the fact that the hurricanes have now won their division in back-to-back-to-back years uh yeah sure i mean (laughs) isn't that isn't that fascinating I, I think that's the best word for it is is fascinating because I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. I don't really care. <laughs> like, look, they're great. It gives you home ice for at least a couple of rounds in the playoffs. It's it's a big first step towards the ultimate goal. But alas, at this point in the Hurricanes trajectory, I'm past that. I just am. Like, sure. It, it's a regular season award and, and – you know, once this run of winning the division is over, nobody's going to talk about it. All that's going to matter is what happened after that. So, yeah. you know, not to be negative Nancy over here or anything, but we talked a lot about it. Like, that's kind of where this team is right now. And it's, it's I weird. Think there is something to be said about it, though. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it speaks to where this franchise has come from to where they are now. Because for a long time, this team was absolute dog shit. Like, you know, it's, it's great. I'm really just glad we are here and get to follow where the hurricanes are now under Rod Brendan Moore with all the talent they have in this group. It's a blessing to be where Mm -hmm. we are now compared to where we were in the past for sure. And it says a lot about Don Waddell and Tom Dundon says a lot about Brendan Moore, of course, and the group of talent they've assembled on this team. Um, But it's, you know, I'm in a weird place with this playoff run too, because, you know, I even said it on Twitter the other days. I just don't, I don't see the run if I'm thinking with my head and not my heart. Like, and I, it's why we see a lot. I've seen a ton of national pundits say they take, they're taking the Islanders in this series. I'm not there. I think the hurricanes win this series if I'm given a prediction, but you need to be able to take advantage of mistakes and be opportunistic. And special teams are so important at this juncture of the season. Obviously the kill is great. The power play is an absolute eyesore. 
And I, you know, I don't see that magically turning around when the stage gets brighter and the games get bigger. Crazier things have happened, right? Like, that's what makes playoff hockey so fun. Nobody freaking knows. And and going back to me being in a weird spot with this postseason, when I did have expectations on the Canes in the past, they lost. So now that my expectations are lowered, hopefully I'm just an idiot. And this is when they're going to put it together. They're due, right? Like, it's it's time for them to make a deep run, all that. So... <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy the hockey, man. It's playoff hockey. There's nothing better. That's that's where I'm at. I can get a little emotional sometimes. I get a little mad. I'm just going to enjoy it. Really? I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to cuss. I'm going to be a happy little hockey fan. I am going to bring up the receipts when you are <laughs> shit posting on and posting through it online tomorrow night. That's what Twitter's for, bro. Twitter is Yeah, for. but you said you're going to be a happy little camper and a happy little hockey fan. So when you're an unhappy camper and an unhappy hockey fan tomorrow night, I can be like, hey, right. remember when you said this literally 24 hours ago? All right. That's fine. That's that's a fair deal. Um, I do. I, I Here's the thing. I, I, I'm still in the point where I can be happy that the team is a good team. Yeah. And, you know, yes, I understand that now we're looking more towards postseason success rather than regular season success. That's a good spot to be in. But I can still appreciate the fact that they're a good regular season team because really wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's been five years now, playoffs. But, you know, think about it. That is half of the playoff drought. Yeah. Half of it. And... You know, you don't know when that's going to be taken away from you. You don't know when the Canes are missing the playoffs again, right? So I can still enjoy it and appreciate it. Yeah, and I mean, look, it gives us, what, like six, seven months of, like, really enjoyable hockey to go and watch. It's, again, is not something we right. have in a long time. Like, the end of the season game this year, like, the last home game felt more like an, okay, like, that's fine, but we got more hockey to play. Like, you know, whatever happens in this game – you know, we'll see you in round one. Whereas like the last home game in the past really just kind of felt like a funeral. Like we were <laughs> saying goodbye to like the, the, this was the death of a Carolina hurricane season. It doesn't feel like that. anymore. It's nice. Yeah. How's, how are things going to change after today? Like which young player is getting a call up for game 82. They did do that a handful of times. Um, right. What moves are they going to make? What do they need to, take that step yeah it's it is a lot different and I'll, I'll definitely give you that and and again that's definitely something to be thankful for <laughs> um again because of us as hurricanes fans like where we were trained to be and like train how we were trained to feel for so long it's it is pretty crazy to like think back about that and and just realize where we are now i guess on <laughs> and it's it's nice you know we um we have a good hockey team. We've got a good hockey team for the foreseeable future. Um, and now, I mean, you know, assuming the scores hold in these games that we, you know, we can have, um, we we have the opportunity to maybe get excited about the black aces for the playoffs, the guys that won't play at all. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, I guess, I guess that's a good segue and we can, we can go ahead and jump into that. Um, actually, no, before we do that, let's, let's take a quick break. Um, just go ahead and get it out of the way. Um, obviously, as you guys know, Tracking the Storm is a very proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take just a couple of quick seconds and get a word from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day in the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. Uh, all I got to say, bet Celtics all the way. Best team in the league. The Bucks are trash. Anyway, download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for details or visit DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Thanks, DraftKings. Yeah. Love you guys. Okay, yes. Um... Now I guess we will transition just a smidgen, a, a smidge, a smidge, a, a little, a little smidgen. Um, let's talk about some minor guy, minor league guys. Uh, the hero in today's game. I feel like this is a pertinent and good place to start. We talked a lot about Vasily Panamarov in last week's episode, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's probably safe to say lately he's been the Wolves' best player. I don't know if you would disagree with that, but he has been playing some absolutely outstanding hockey for a pretty good while now. Um, again, he was the hero in today's game. Oh, by the way, and I tweeted this just a few minutes ago, but both the tying goal, which was scored by Zach Sinishin, Sinishin, however you say it, mm-hmm. um, but seen his name for a long time since he was, I think, a first or second round pick for the Bruins. No, first round pick because he was one of the guys they took right before, like, Shabbat and Barzell, Connor, Shabbat. Right. All these guys went off the board. Um, he scored the tying goal. Um, and then Panamarov had the winner. Both of those plays made by Max Lajoie. He had the shot pass that Sanishin put poked in for the tying goal. And then he like fight off was fighting off two defenders and wrapped around the net and had a brilliant pass to Panamarov for the game winner in overtime. So shout out to him for sure. Um but again, Potomarov, he's been fantastic. Really showing a lot of different elements to his game, I feel like. He's a pretty strong kid on his skates, good balance, um, can get to the dirty areas a little bit. He's good defensively. I think, you know, again, like you said, if these scores hold, I definitely think him and, of course, my boy Jameson Reese are definitely two guys you got to look at as potential, you know, playoff scratches, black aces, as you call them. Um, plus Ryan Suzuki, another guy has been playing some really good hockey. What do you think, Matt? Well, I also think it's interesting. I want to talk more about him later, but um, Dom Fensori was reported by Corey Lavalette that he is going to be a black ace for the Hurricanes and possibly even play at the World Championships, which is really big. That's right. I did. Um, I forgot about that. But yet, I I disagree with Vasily Panamarov being the best Wolves player lately. But that's only because Malty Stromwall and Mackenzie McEachern on a line with Ryan Suzuki have been outstanding lately for the Wolves. Um, big part of the fact that they're like, I think, 8-1-2 and two or something like that in their last little stretch. Yeah, McEachern um, unfortunately, coming, coming back, that kind of coincided with them really like going on this run. Yeah, there was a stretch for McEachern, Fitzgerald, and... Um, even Dezingle came back, and that really started 
the Wolves transition to success. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these guys missed the first half of the year, second half of the year rolls around. All of a sudden they come back and the Wolves are a good team again, right? Um, unfortunately, right now it's looking like the Wolves will not make the playoffs. Um, I think Rockford is still up 3-1 and Iowa just went up 4-1. Um, but still, you know, this is a team that's shown resilience. Panamarev's second half was excellent. Um, and, you know, like I like Jamison Reese, but Vasily Panamarev is a better prospect. This is this is this is me liking both players, but Vasily Panamarev is on another level. His offensive skill is elite, and or maybe not elite. That's 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 a bit of a stretch, but it's it's very good, and I think he could be more of a forty point guy in the NHL, whereas Reese I see is more of a fourth line player. Um. Also, let's just. But I do expect to see both players up with the Wolves. What'd you say? Said also, we should at least point out. My boy Vili Koivinen did get his first goal today. Yeah, on a beautiful play. Nate Sassi starts the rush, um, gets the puck over to Anthony Honka, and Honka threads the pass through two defenders to get it to Koivinen back door. It was a beautiful play. Um, Koivinen, I think, might have had his best game yet for Chicago. You know, he's had moments where I'm like, oh, that was a nice play. But, you know, this was the first time where he's, like, really using his vision. He's getting comfortable with the North American ice. I mean, this is his first time playing professional hockey in North America. You know, there's an adjustment period. We saw it with Gundler last year. Same deal. Right. Um, and we said that, like, as he was coming over, right? It's like, okay, really cool, really excited, really glad he's getting this opportunity to come over and get his feet wet here. And then like Gundler, who... I think probably had more of an up and down season, but still showed a lot of flashes than we were. Injuries hoping. definitely hurt his year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was definitely a big part of it as well. I was going to say that as well. Um, but hopefully you're going to see him take a big step next year because, you know, largely because he's gotten this little taste of the action to kind of figure out what's what over here um, could set him up for a big, you know, real first year in North America, first four year. Um but yeah, definitely cool to see him at least get that monkey off his back and, you know, brought some momentum into what's looking like it's about to be the off season for them. Yeah, and I mean the the real benefit of this, you know, at least from what I'm at least through the prospect development lens is now he has the opportunity to go back home and spend this off season working on all right he he knows he's got to get quicker. I mean that that was very evident through his thirteen game stint goals that he has to get quicker. He's got to get three steps would be awesome. Realistically, in an off season, I'm hoping he gets one. He gets just like a step quicker because even that is going to allow for him to be a bit more effective in transition. Um, that's the way Brock Sheehan plays. You know, it's it's a game where there's there's an attack. And Koivinen, you know, makes a lot of smart plays, but he can't be a guy that just does well in a small pocket, right? And in, the in this system, he's got to be a better four-checker, and getting a bit quicker is going to help with that. Um, going back to the Black Aces, though, you know, I think we see – Probably Max Lejoie getting called up. Um, the Hurricanes have eight defensemen on the roster currently with Dehan and Coglin sitting out currently. 
So I doubt Lejoie gets any playing time, but it's just another thing of like, hey, practice with the team. You're there. I also expect guys like Ryan Suzuki, maybe even Malty Stromwall to get a call up as well. But other than that, I think that's about it. But we are saying yes on both Reese and Ponomarev. I would think so. I mean, they were t- definitely the best prospects down in the AHL this year. Yeah. I did think Ronan Seeley had a solid game today from what I watched. Um, he made a really nice read on a pass in the defensive zone to strip the puck. He's another guy. Obviously, he's going to take a couple of years, but um, I feel like we didn't hear all that much from him this year. What was your real take overall on Seeley? He needs to get stronger. He definitely struggled along the boards um, this year. Celia, the skating's fine, um, but he, he lost a lot of battles, and that he, he's just going to have to get stronger because, you know, the AHL is obviously a more physical league, but so is the NHL. So if he, if he adds, you know, a bit of muscle, starts throwing his weight around a little bit, I think he'll be a much better player next year. Um. All right, and I mean, the last real thing we really had planned out. Uh, you already mentioned Vinsori. I don't even know how to say the kid's name. Who's the goalie we signed? <laughs> Yanni Perret, I believe is how you say his name. I could be butchering it, but from the games I watched with Quinnipiac, that is how it was pronounced. Get out um, a couple of years. I mean, monster year this year, but he's had really impressive numbers throughout his college career. Yeah, the the two years he played as their starter, he was arguably the best goalie in college hockey. I say arguably because the ECAC is not the best conference. Um, Yes, you've got teams like Harvard and Quinnipiac, but you've also got teams like RPI. I think Mercyhurst might be a uh, ECAC team. Teams that are definitely more than a step below Quinnipiac and Harvard. Not sending a bunch of prospects to the league, huh? I mean, the ECAC is good, but it's like, you know, one of those things where like Jack Drury was a point-per-game player, I think, in his last year with Harvard and is a fourth-line NHL player. Right. So, like, the level of competition isn't as high as it is in certain other leagues. Or divisions in college conferences, whatever they call them. I don't know. Right. Pay the players, damn it. <laughs> well, okay, last thing, expectations for him. Last thing, I do want to move on to something else after this, but last thing, talking about those two players. Oh, my expectations for Peretz, and I'll, I'll give my expectations for Fensori too because I haven't really mentioned them. Um, He's in Chicago, or not Chicago. He's <laughs> wherever the Hurricanes have their affiliate next year. Um, so the, um, man, he's going to look great in a Holly Springs, uh, uniform. Holly Springs Hurricanes is perfect. Holly Springs Hurricanes, man. (laughs) Or the, uh, Topsail Island Tropical Depressions. How about the Four Oaks Firebirds? Four Oaks Firebirds, man. Shout out to Four Oaks, North Carolina, a place where I'm sure people live. Do you, that's where my dad's from. That's where I was just at for that funeral a couple of days ago. Thank you very much. Good old Johnston County. Joko, baby. Rise up. I miss Joko. I want to move back there. Anyway, um, 
Are you human? <laughs> nah, man. I I don't know. I just kind of we I was talking about that with my dad the other day. It's just I don't know. It's different down there than like being in the city. And I just want to go being in the city here, you know, with all us uh, people. I do realize when I'm with that side of the family, my voice definitely. I oh just yeah, I'm sure. Let the drawl just get in there just a little bit sometimes. Not all the time, but every once in a while, I realize it. It's not that bad, but anyway. Um, he says yes. That. I'm very excited to see that kid. You know, <laughs> the Hurricanes' future in net isn't totally clear. You know, like, yes, you've got Coach Ekov, and I'm not saying I don't expect him to be the one, because I do. But is he more of a 1A or a more of a legit top half of the league NHL starter? Can't say for sure. So, you know, if nothing else, at least Peretz or however the hell you say his name, maybe he can work his way into that backup role. You never really know with a college guy until you get him into your system, start to see him in pro games. But he definitely looks like a really fascinating prospect, if nothing else, just because of how much success he has had the last few years. Yeah, and the the college free agent stuff, you know, obviously you take college free agents signing with a grain of salt because there's a reason they went undrafted. Right. But at the very least – it's the Hurricanes adding another prospect at a position that they had a little bit of weakness in. Right. And that is so important because now you have the opportunity to, well, you've got your, you've got an AHL goalie this year, but you know, the rest of the goalies in the pipeline, you know, you've got Patrick Hamela who looks great. I love Hamela. Love him as a prospect. I'm keeping him out of the AHL next year, though. Uh, whether it's still with Ramuski or somewhere in Europe, I'm giving him one more year to develop. So you don't have any goalie prospects that are ready. So this is the perfect opportunity for Peretz as well, you know? Yeah. Um, ben Sori signs at the perfect time for the Hurricanes because – we have Anthony Honka, but Honka's on the right side. Fensori's on the left. Scott Morrow didn't sign either, another offensive defenseman. So now Fensori has the opportunity to play in the pros for a year, right? If he's going to be a black ace, he has the opportunity to practice with the Hurricanes. He also has the opportunity to possibly play at the World Championships against men. Like, that's a huge moment for him. Um, you know, I don't think Fensori is in the NHL next year. At least I would be kind of shocked if he makes it. I mean, he could, you know, you never know. But this is a player who Rod Brindamore is going to love because of his work ethic. Like, I remember watching him. So he was drafted 2019. So I I go to practices at Prospects Camp in 2019. And, you know, he's working against players, you know, 6'3", 6'4". I think he outworked Cade Weber, who's, I think, like 8'3", last (laughs) I checked. Um, but he was he was outworking all these players stripping the puck from them you know just doing whatever he could to get the puck off of their sticks and transition the puck the other way that works in the hurricane system like that is how he wants rod wants the defenseman to play so i like it i like the move a lot all right um i don't really have that much else i do want to just circle back Real quick to finish off, we're going to do two things before we get out of here. One, you're going to give your final prediction. 
And two, you're going to say Hurricanes win if blank. I feel like that's a good way to wrap up this week's pod. The Hurricanes win if if Sebastian Ajo plays like the superstar we know he can be. For the first round, I'm predicting the Hurricanes win in six games. Nice and succinct. I like it. I like the Ajo thing, uh, and I think the Hurricanes should feel pretty good about that because in the past, Ajo is just under a point-per-game player in the playoffs. Um, he's a guy that rises to the occasion when they've needed it, and I, I totally agree with that take. It's one of the things, again, on that uh, little show we did. Again, on the Hockey Riders YouTube, if you want to watch it, our little preview, but uh, that is one of the things I mentioned. Um, for me, you need, and this is going to be, I guess, mildly complex, but you need at least two of Seth Jarvis, Martin Natchez, and um, Tabo Teravainen to step their game up pretty significantly. Um, I know Natchez doesn't really seem like he'd fit in that because he's, you know, Hurricanes leading scorer this year and all, but we know what he's done in past playoff series. The Hurricanes desperately need him to carry over this time and not kind of go into a shell in the, you know, tighter, more physical games. They need him to continue to be that elite top line type player. Um, the other two guys, obviously Jarvis has had a pretty bad sophomore slump. I think he's played some pretty good hockey of late and started to look more like Jarvis. If he's bursting through as good as he was in the playoffs last year with his compete level and skill level, um, another would be really big for the Hurricanes. And obviously we've talked a lot about Tara Vinen all year long, you know, kind of been a down year. I think a lot of it has to do with injuries and he's had some personal stuff off the ice. That's definitely affected his game, I think. Um, but again, if two of those guys can step up and, and again, I'm just going to, I think Ajo's going to have a big series. I just, I think that's in his DNA in a playoff series. But um, if two of those guys can step up to compliment him along with the Hurricanes blue line, I think they'll be in good shape. Um, I'm not going to waver from my prediction from last night. I think the series goes the distance. I think it goes seven, but I definitely, for now, I'm taking the Hurricanes. I agree. Yeah, is there anything else we want to say, or are we content with the um, the content we have received? <laughs> I just want to take a minute to thank the content God for this blessing he has bestowed upon us of playoff hockey in Raleigh. Um, no, man, I no, I, I thank you guys all for the ride. Now, you know, it's been a fun year, uh, despite some <laughs> consternation here at the end with injuries and everything else that's gone on, but... Uh, enjoy it, man. That's that's the only thing I have to say to you guys. Enjoy this run. Again, we talked about it a lot tonight. The Hurricanes have come a long way and have been <laughs> giving us a lot of fun hockey to watch. So regardless of the outcome, let's just enjoy playoff hockey, man. It's the best time of the year for a reason. And even if they do lose in round one, who gives a shit? At least, you know, then we really are stress-free the rest of the way. <laughs> that's right. And but we really, had a lot of fun. Guys, Thank you guys for sticking with us and giving us the opportunity to continue doing this too. Yes, we appreciate the support. Um, we should actually have episodes coming. I think we might have two episodes next week. <laughs> Just with how this is working out, we'll probably end up recording on Thursday night. Yep. Um, so that's just the I way do. it's... I mean, I do want to kind of get back into a better little content grind here, both with this and my writing. But we need to do I, – I keep saying this, but I really would like us to get a video out soon too. So maybe we maybe can find we can do a video recap. 
Yeah. Do yeah. Do like a game recap or something. That might be kind of fun. Um, oh, did you? Uh, here, I'll get this after. So, okay. <laughs> but folks, up? thank you, thank you for your time. We appreciate you, all of you. And yeah, it's playoffs now, so you know what that means. It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.